special 10-minute speaker, uh, my sister Julia Nunez. She'll be sharing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege to be able to just give from all that you've given us. And we pray that you would multiply it, that you'd bless it, that you'd use it to expand your kingdom. Lord, that you'd use it in our city and in our state and in our nation and throughout the world. Lord, bless Julia as she shares. We ask you that you would just give her your words. We also pray for Paul as he is going to be sharing today as well, that you would just release forth the word that you have for us. And we praise you and thank you for this amazing privilege to be gathered in your name. In the name of Jesus, amen. Good morning, church. Maybe this is a, a tag preaching since the testimonies already happened. And what the Lord gave me to share with you guys, I was thinking like, Lord, how am I going to share this in 10 minutes? Um, but it, it's really a teaching, and it's so beautiful how the Lord, the Lord does the work that he wants to do, right? He takes over the church services. He does everything. And um, I, I hadn't communicated at all with my dad about what I was going to, to teach or anything. Um, or, or to give my testimony on, um, but it, it's exactly along the lines of what God is doing in our church and in, in each one of us. Um, so first of all, I, I just want to tell you very quickly, my name is Julia Nunez. I'm, I'm the daughter of Marco and Janice Nunez. I say it this way because in the Bible, that's how people are introduced, right? The son of so-and-so. And because families are important, family lines, because broken or not, with generational curses or not, that's where God put us in those families and for a legacy. We're not individuals. We're not, you know, in this country, we've become very isolated and very like, oh, yeah, I do this. This is my goal. I, I remember when I visited China for, on a missions trip um, a few years ago, I asked people, young, you know, we were working with teens and 20s, and I asked them what they wanted to do or be, and everything was about their country. They were like, I want to, you know, do this for my country or be that. And I was like, wow, that's so different than us. Um, but I think that the Lord is calling us back to that, back to not so much, um, yes, the family lines and the, the bloodlines, but especially the family of God that he's called us into, and that bloodline of Jesus Christ that is stronger than any, any bond, right? So um, I... The message, when I prayed, like, Lord, what, what do you want me to share with them? Um, was that I am a living testimony of God's goodness. Most people don't like to talk about their age, and uh, especially women, but men as well. Um, but I felt that God wanted me to share this with you and be vulnerable. And I, I might get teary because um, my life is, is truly a testimony of God's goodness and grace. Um, last week, I just celebrated my 50th birthday. Praise God. And the reason that it moves me to tears is because I realized um, that is God's goodness that has brought me this far. You know, people can see my life from the outside and say, like, well, yeah, you know, she, she had Christian parents and they grew up in a missionary family and serving God in Mexico and doing concerts and evangelism and... Um, but as my dad was saying, we all have been wounded. 
right? We, no matter who you are, where you've been, how old you are, we've all been wounded because we live in a fallen world, right? Um, and that's why Jesus came to break that curse. So, so just in a nutshell, um, I, I want to tell you, you know, this is a little bit of my testimony, and then I want to go into the mission statement of Jesus Christ and what he came to do, and that that is our mission statement. So who's preaching today? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and me. <laughs> okay. Um, great. So, um, so my testimony, um, you know, is that, that I, I was the first, there are six of us children in our family. Um, my parents are the first generation of believers. Um, my mom grew up in a Lutheran background, and so so her parents were believers. Um, not super outspoken, but definitely godly people. My dad's um, family, he came from a broken family. Um, they, were, they grew up in Catholicism, but didn't know the Lord. And, um, and so I was, um, they had two sons older than I, and... Um, before they became believers. And then I think a year before I was conceived, the Lord touched their lives, and you, you've heard some of their testimony. So my, this is about my testimony. I usually give my dad and mom's testimony, but the Lord also convicted me today that I had to give my testimony of God's goodness because each one of us has a testimony to give. And um, so my testimony is that my dad and my parents laid hands on my mother's womb when I was in her belly. And I believe that I was filled with the Holy Spirit even then. Um, and so when I was born, I mean, I was born into, you know, brokenness and turmoil because they were new believers. My mom had, you know, been struggling with her faith. So there was, you know, some anxiety and some things going on. My dad was a new believer, so he wasn't as sanctified as he is now. Um, and um, so I was born, you know, with hands laid on me. And by the time I was maybe um, three or so, I, I was already like singing songs in the spirit. Like my dad said that he walked by my bedroom one night and I was like laying there um, sleeping, and he was like, Julia, are you, are you awake? Because I was like singing in the spirit and in my heavenly language. Um, but nonetheless, even though the Lord's hand was upon my life, um, because we can prophesy and do things, right? Like um, the spirit of the prophetic spirit came over King Saul even before he was anointed or redeemed. Um, anyway, that's a whole other story, but that can happen. But um, at the age of six, despite that laying of hands and the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, at the age of six, I realized the need for my sin. And um, I had kind of wanted to share at least some of this testimony while the kids were here because I believe the Lord has something for each age group, but I'm believing in the Spirit that this word is going out to them and that their teachers are sharing the gospel with them even right now. Um, so at the age of six, I realized the depravity of my nature. <laughs> And, you know, we may laugh and say, well, at age six, what could you have done or been? Or, um, but I knew, I knew that I had fallen 
short of God's glory, and I knew that I had sinned, and that sin was so weighty upon me that I couldn't stand it. <laughs> so, um, so sweet that I, I reached over to my mom at church, and I just said, Mom, um, I want to make sure that I'm not going to hell. <laughs> I want to receive Jesus. And um, so she, she led me in the sinner's prayer, and, um, and I received Jesus, and I believed him. And um, I can't say that my life was transformed, like, um, like wow, something happened. And, um, because for every one of us, the experience is different, right? And sometimes we minimize our lives or what we've been through because we say, well, well I'm not transformed like that guy that was, you know, with this amazing story of transformation. But every story is amazing because God's word says that before we knew him, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were dead. That means, that doesn't mean that, you know, that you were like sick and like, oh, somebody give him medicine so he can back, come back to life. You know, even if you give a dead man medicine, he can't come back to life. And so it's such a miracle of transformation. So that day, my spirit, my little spirit became alive. And I, I truly knew God then. And I, again, I'm sorry I'm emotional sharing all this, but it, it's just so neat because it's all been God. God that has done everything. And, and um, I'll just touch on this. Uh, you know, when we're wounded as young children or as teenagers or whatever age you are, we all come up with our own defense mechanisms, right? Some people become very cynical. Other people become jokesters, right? Everything's a joke. and You can't have any serious conversation with them. Other people put on rosy colored glasses and everything's like, great. And, you know, everything's all oh, going to be fine. Well, my defense mechanism, when I realized that um, I couldn't be perfect, and I really felt like I needed to. I was a pastor's kid and, you know, always at the front. And um, my defense mechanism was to just go numb. And also we have moved from Michigan. Um, when I was one, we moved from Michigan to Mexico. And I think that, that that was a cultural shock for me. Even though I was that young, I've always been very perceptive and very sensitive. And um, there was a lot of poverty. You know, there was a lot of suffering in Mexico. We, we worked with um, a lot of poor people. And, uh, and so I think part of my defense mechanism was to just become numb. You know, and I remember um, feeling bad when I would hear about tragedies or stuff that everybody would be like, oh, that's so sad, let's pray. And I would definitely say, yeah, let's pray. But I would feel so bad that I didn't feel anything. I just didn't feel anything. And um, so, so me crying today, and I've been doing a lot of crying lately, is really beautiful because it's really because God's been healing my heart. And because I'm able to feel again. And it's just, that's God. Only God could do that, right? Only God could heal each one of us. Yeah, can we give him a hand? Because he's so good. So the reason that I want to share, I wanted to say publicly about my 50th year <laughs> Um, I always try to hide it because nobody ever thinks I'm 50, and I'm like, let's just keep it that way. <laughs> so, you know, we'll keep it in here. Whatever happens at Morningstar stays here, right? Online people. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
so, um, but I wanted to because uh, 50 years in the Bible is really important. It's um, every 50 years there was a year of jubilee. And, um, and I love, I love studying the Old Testament. I love celebrating the biblical feasts because there's so much richness in them and they're all about Yeshua, about Jesus, our Savior, right? Those things were just shadows of what was to come. And now the real thing has come. So in every, um, in every biblical feast, and Jubilee's not the exception, there's always a historic thing, something that already happened. And then there's a, pre a present day application and impartation of uh, fulfillment. And then there's a future fulfillment for, for most of them. I think maybe one of them has already happened completely, like Pentecost already came. But um, so Jubilee, the historic thing, and that's why I'm saying this is kind of a preaching too. Um, okay, so, um, so the historic thing is that the slaves were set free. Um, you know, after 50 years, they were called to rest the land. They weren't supposed to work the land. And um, they got, if they had had to sell their lands or if they had had to become slaves because of debts and things, after 50 years, they were set free and redeemed. And so the beauty of it is that Jesus, Jesus, the, the ultimate jubilee is what Jesus is going to do for us in the millennium, right? Like it's all going to be fulfilled. Everything is going to be restored. But right now, the beauty of it is that we get to live in those times of refresh, refreshment. So um, Jesus said, so the mission statement really quickly um, is basically Luke 4, 18. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus speaking. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And then he said, he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And so we know that it's not fulfilled completely um, because not everything has happened yet. Um, but we know that that it's it's begun, right? That he's come to set the captives free. And ultimately, he's going, like, we're all going to be free, and there's going to be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. Um, and so I just wanted to say, to wrap it up, that, you know, like my dad was saying, Jesus came to, to heal us, and he came to heal the whole us. Um, he came to save us, he came to heal our broken hearts, and he came to set us free from the old way of thinking. He came to set us free from the things that used to keep us captive in the way that we were thinking. And so going back to the whole thing of wounds, I really believe that God wants to heal, to heal us because we say, okay, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we say, we're called to be, to be on mission for him and to you know, do all these things, set the captives free, make the blind to see uh, or the lame to walk the blind to see but we say how can I do that if I myself am not free you know if I'm broken if I'm wounded 
And so, so that's the beauty of it. That um, just to remember that you know, there's three, there's three um, things, th three levels, I guess, um, stages. You know, we're saved. That's one. That's hap what happens. Like when what happened to me when I was six years old. Then we are sanctified, and that happens throughout our lives. And that's the path that we have to be on. And then we're going to be glorified when we receive our new bodies. Um, and then we're not going to have to deal with any brokenness or any of this. But right now we're in the phase of sanctification. And um, so I, I, just, um, I just wanted to leave you with that one of the ways that God has really been healing my, my heart and setting me on that path of full receiving his kingdom and his mission statement and being able to walk it out and I'm a school teacher in my classroom when the people that I touch and my family is by stepping into that jubilee through nonetheless but forgiveness you know forgiving others and receiving forgiveness and um, one of the th when I first came to Morningstar um, I prayed with Paul early on and also with Travis, and both of them told me, they said, you know, I feel like God is wanting to heal on forgiveness. And no, none of us ever want to hear that, you know. We're like, I've forgiven. But forgiveness often happens in layers, you know. But people have wounded us, oftentimes our loved ones, without them meaning to, you know, because as my dad was saying, they're wounded and their parents were wounded, and, and it's a generational thing. But as God heals us and we all step up into that, God is healing not only us, but all of those around us. And so... Um, just really quickly, I want to say a prayer over all of us. And this is something that I learned from Kevin Zadai. <laughs> it's a really quick prayer, but it's, it, really, it really has helped me. And it's whenever you feel something, you know, something that hurts you, something that awakens an old wound, because sometimes you're like, why did that push my buttons, right? But when that happens, to just say, Jesus, I ask you to take this anger from me and to heal the wound in my soul. And, and I've added, and to renew my mind. Because whenever you, you receive a wound, you start telling yourselves lies around that wound to fit it, right? You start saying like, oh, well, I must not be valuable then. I must not matter. I must be invisible. I must be nobody. And we... we put ourselves into a cage, but Jesus came to set the captives free. And he said, be renewed, be transformed through the renewing of your mind. And so that's been a really easy, quick tool for me. So if all of you could think right now, and maybe it's not right now, maybe it'll be for later, but if you have anything that you're carrying on your heart or anything that you know, you're just feeling an emotion on, I just want to say that prayer over you, all right? Is that okay? Can I do this? Okay. So, Lord Jesus, I ask you to take, and you fill in the blank, this anxiety from me, or this anger, or this confusion, or this sickness, or this indecision from me, and I ask you to heal the wound in my soul. I receive your forgiveness for believing the lie and for adding to it my own rebellion 
and I receive your healing. And we just breathe you in, Holy Spirit. We receive your healing. And Lord, what do you want to replace this lie with? What is the greater truth from your word? I ask you to release it right now over every one of my brothers and sisters here. Let them hear from you one word or a sentence or a vision or an image in the name of Jesus. And I ask you to break the, po the power of any sin over them in the name of Jesus because that portal is now closed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we're under the blood of Jesus and we are affected and baptized into his mission statement. We are saved, healed, and delivered, and we are going out and doing the same for others. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, Julie. And happy birthday. <laughs> um, all right. Um, I'm just going to kind of go and theme, I think, of what the Lord, I was just asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want to do today? Um, I don't really have time to, to share what I was getting for today, but we'll, uh, we can share that another time. But I really feel like, obviously, there's been themes this morning, and, and we always want to be on page. We only want to be doing what the Holy Spirit's doing. We only want to be saying and doing what we see the Father doing, just like Jesus. So, um, you know, obviously there was emphasis this morning about the youth, and I encourage you guys, if you get words for the youth, be praying for them, you know. And uh, if you get words for them or any kind of encouraging words for them, please share it with them. Um, also, uh, obviously there's a there's been a theme of healing this morning, and, you know, Julie was sharing uh, specifically about forgiveness. There is, you know, there's a reason why Jesus said, you know, for, forgive our trespass and forgive us those who trespass against us. There's a reason why he put that in there. And, and, and he also said right immediately after that, if you do not forgive those, your brother, your father in heaven will not forgive you. He's serious about this. And we've talked about this many times, but I, I feel like the Lord's like on it this morning. Um, that, you know, there's a reason why he said he did. He said that for our good. Because he knows that when we hold unforgiveness, that we're punishing ourselves and we're actually hurting our intimacy and relationship with the Father. And he is passionate and jealous for our relationship with him. He doesn't want anything in its way. He, he was so passionate about it, he sent his son to die a horrible death to remove any and every obstacle from us being in intimate fellowship with him. So, and obviously, and we know this, I mean, science actually has proven this, that unforgiveness, which turns into bitterness, actually causes disease in our physical bodies. It's been scientifically proven that, like, it actually causes imbalance in our hormones, imbalance in, like, uh, you know, all of the, this stuff that's going on in our body, inflammation, all that kind of stuff, which actually causes a lot of disease. And we've seen many times people immediately healed after, after forgiving people in their past that they've been holding grudges about or that some of, most of the time we're almost unaware that we have unforgiveness towards people. Most of the time we're blind to it. We just kind of live life in our own like little bubble and we just kind of, we have like our own grid of like, 
we're just used to it, you know, of having maybe weird feelings towards another person, someone in our past, somebody who's hurt us. And we're just completely unaware. But thank goodness that the Holy Spirit, he loves us so much. He's making us into Jesus and he wants us to be set free that he reminds us of these things. He brings these things to the surface because he wants to set us free from it. He wants us to actually walk in healing. And, um, and a lot of times, you know, that he'll do this is you'll, um, you'll just be doing your everyday thing and all of a sudden this memory will kind of play in your, in your mind's eye of uh, something in the past and, and it kind of stirs up feelings. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened. That was, that was wrong, you know, or whatever, you know, or like this is another thing that will happen. You'll come in contact, and actually this is a lot of times instigated, instigated by God. You'll come into contact with people that will remind you of people that you're bitter with or that you, have, that you hold unforgiveness with. And it will stir up stuff with them. He'll, he'll stick you in uh, you know, places at work where the boss is kind of like uh, maybe your father has the same personality and will kind of instigate feelings and stuff within you and memories and stuff like that. You know, this is the sanctification process. You know, God will actually stick you in. He's so jealous for you. He loves you so much that he'll actually stick you in situations where the fires turn on a little bit. And he's doing it not to like beat us up, not to like, um, be a mean father. He's doing it because he's trying to make you aware of what's going on in your heart, something that's hidden in your heart that he he's that is stealing from your life. That is a good father. He sees it stealing from your life and he wants it to be removed. So he'll actually love us so much that he'll put us in difficult situations with people that are maybe difficult, that remind us of people that have wounded us in the past, just so that it would come to the surface and that we would be completely freed from it. Does that make sense? He's a good father. Now, the key here is to recognize that he's doing this. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the key. Most people are kind of unaware. Why? How come every job I have, I have the same type of boss? <laughs> or, you know, or whatever. How come every church I go to, I'm in this home group, and there's always these, this crazy person in my home group or whatever, and they just irk me. They're just like, you know, and you get all emotional about it. <laughs> That right there should be a flag to you. Whoa, 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 something's there. <laughs> There's something in your heart that the Lord's dealing with. Not because he's angry at you, because he loves you. And he, as a good father would, if I saw my kids getting beat up by the neighborhood bully or something like that, you better believe I'd step in and I'd have to whoop some tail. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a good father, if you see your kids getting beat up by the enemy you're going to step in and you're going to defend your child. That's how our father is. So when he sees things stealing from your life, he has come to give you life and life to the abundant. When he sees things stealing from that abundant life, he steps in. The Holy Spirit will put you in situations where there's a refining going on in your heart so that things will come to the surface that are stealing from your life so that he can remove them. 
through repentance. Okay? And um, some of you guys are in these situations right now. You're like, man, I got this horrible boss, and he's just like the boss I had before, and you know, or whatever. It's because God's trying to show you something. The Holy Spirit's trying to, to bring to the surface something that's stealing from you. And uh, something that will potentially trip you up in your purpose and your calling that he has on your life. So um, anyways, first step is recognizing, okay, Lord, this is you. You're doing something here. Second step is in to actually work with the Holy Spirit, not fight him. All right, Lord, what are you trying to show me here? What are you bringing to, what, what's the deal? Why is this guy always irk me? The same guy always, why do I have the same boss as the same personality? And a lot of times it's like my dad. What is it? What are you trying to show me? Holy Spirit, it's like the Psalms 139, right? The David prayer, like search my heart, Lord. If there find any unclean thing in my heart, show it to me, reveal it to me. And then in communication with the, with the Holy Spirit, allow him, work with him. And say, okay, Lord, if there's anything, if, if that, that boss is like my dad in, 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 in a negative sense, Lord, I forgive my dad. And just walk through the process of repentance. And it's real simple. It's real easy. You forgive the, the person that hurt you. And then you, then you, forget, you ask for forgiveness from the Lord for you judging that person and holding unforgiveness because unforgiveness is a sin. That relate, When you repent of it, when you say, Father, forgive me, I forgive them and I bless them. Father, forgive me for holding unforgiveness. And then the third one is receiving forgiveness for yourself. Lord, I receive forgiveness forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving me of my unforgiveness. He is faithful and, and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. When we confess our sins, we, need to, we actually need to take that step of receiving forgiveness for ourselves. And in that process, healing takes place in your heart. And sometimes it's translated into your body, your physical body. All that being said, I, just, I want to encourage you guys as like um, in your everyday life, let's work with the Holy Spirit. Let's be aware of what the Holy Spirit's doing in our life. And if you have memories, like bad memories of things that have happened to you as a child or as an adult even or whatever, recognize that that might be the Holy Spirit saying, hey, let's deal with this thing. Let's get this thing that's stealing from you out of your life. Okay. And, and some of you guys are going to, as you walk through this process, you're going to actually see physical healing coming to your body. You know, I know I can't, we can't get into the big, uh, we can go real far and deep into this thing, but this is just, I feel like what, that's what the Lord's doing right now. Some of you guys are experiencing um, some illness within your body, and, and, and the root of it is unforgiveness. But God, as a loving Father, as a good Father, wants to set us free. He wants to heal us. So... Um, if you've been, if you feel that's been like kind of going on in your in your heart this morning, but let's let's pray real quick. And and like I said, if you if you feel like there's if you need healing in your body, I encourage you guys to come on up front. The Lord's healing. He's a good Father, and He loves to heal. When Jesus showed up in the room, He healed all who were sick. And where two or more are gathered in His name, He's here in the in the midst of us.
So he's here this morning. He wants to heal. He loves to heal. He loves to be the good guy, (laughs) if you know what I mean, because he is so good. He is more good than our minds can comprehend. And um, so anyway, let's pray. So Lord, we just, we thank you first, Holy Spirit, that you were, you care enough about our lives, about the little things that steal from us, that you actually want us to experience the abundant life that Jesus, that's why you came. You came to give life and life abundant and that the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, and that you've come to cancel all that he's doing in our lives and in the people around us. And Father, so we just ask right now that, Holy Spirit, we're inviting you. are praying that Psalm 139 prayer, Lord, search our heart. Reveal anything unclean in our hearts, Lord. Bring it to the surface. Lord, we want to get rid of it. We want to get rid of every single thing that is stealing from us, stealing from our families, stealing from our callings. We want to walk in the fullness of the calling of God on each one of our lives. And when we want these things gone, so we're asking you, Holy Spirit, just bring to the surface these things and help us get rid of them. Thank you, Lord, that it's easy, that you paid the price to make it easy for this to be done. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to go through years of counseling to get set free and healed, that you can touch us in an instant and we are healed. Thank you for the power of the cross. Thank you for everything that you accomplished through by your wounds we have been healed. That you gave your back. You didn't turn your back away. You gave your back to be whipped for us to receive salvation, for us to receive healing, for us to receive deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you that you're here in the room now and that you want to do these things. We are so grateful. There are headaches. Somebody's having headaches, continual headaches. The Lord wants is touching you right now. I feel... If that's you, just go ahead and just put your hand on your head and just just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your healing touch. Migraines. If if you're struggling with migraines, he's healing them right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for touching headaches right now, Lord. Thank you for touching migraines. We command them to leave and never return in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.